said we're talking about spooky video games right on this uh-huh. episode and uh i was playing the new fast and the furious game and it's frightening so i was practicing god i wish i still had my rim shot sound effect <laughs> this episode's all about family it's all about family chove god dang it well you went with that one I mean, that's, you know, it's not what I meant. I mean, like, we're actually going to talk about spooky games, like scary games. Oh, well, crap. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about scary, game, scary games? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we're two 30 to 40-something-year-olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle, and you guys can uh, also catch us live and in person on that uh, internet website thingy, uh, Twitch. Yeah, on the internets, on Twitch, uh, playing spooky games, coincidentally, since that's what we're talking about. Um, Every Saturday night, uh, me and Chris here play together uh, video games, Uh, so... Uh, if you guys want to watch us, us, yeah. So if you want to watch us uh, play with each other, you can find Chris at uh, Guyver Unit Zero One's G U Y V E R U N T Zero One, and uh, I'm Casey K underscore S I G. So just Twitch and a slash and either one of those. Or if you want to be even quicker and or lazier about it, down in the show description we have links for everything, including the Discord for this podcast that you're listening to currently. Down. Below. Yeah, below me, Chris. Below. Below me. So click on those links. Join the things. The Discord's fun. There's lots of fun, interesting things happening in there, like more and more every week. Mm -hmm. So you guys get involved in that. Um, Chof needs more friends. So please join. Chof need a lot more friends. Let's see. And who do we want? Uh, Before we get started, let's give someone in our community a shout out who we know that listens. Who do we want to shout out? We did Morgan last time. Did Morgan. Um, I know Bird listens. How about Baby Bird? We haven't Baby given Bird. her a shout out yet. Baby Bird. So our shout out goes to Baby Bird. She shout is out of the a, week. Shout out of the week. She is an avid streamer. She plays with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'll find her um, advertising in the pod or in the uh, yeah in the podcast Discord. Mm-hmm. So if you guys do that too, streaming is your thing. We got a place where you can just drop some links and. Yep. Community is very supportive of our own. So Come thank you one for of the, us. One of us. One of us. Mm-hmm. So Baby Bird, thank you for your continued support. We appreciate yep. it. Shout out of the week. Shout out of the week. Brought Shit. to you by Casig's Potato Chips. Mm. They're only soggy at the bottom. <laughs> I had two. <laughs> I had two and I was stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, and if you guys didn't know, we crack each other up. We, we do. If you, even if you guys don't think we're funny, we think we're funny. We're our own biggest fans. That's all it that really matters. Are. But we we're love really you guys are. that listen to. Ah, we love you. Mm-hmm. Ha, cha, cha, cha. We love you. So, we, so we're talking about spooky games. Spooky games. Why are we talking about spooky games? This is because it's October. It's October, or Spooktober. as we called it, Spooktober. Mm-hmm. A whole Spooktober. month of spooky. And our first episode was what, huh? Uh, we interviewed a husband and wife paranormal team. Bearded and the, King and his mm-hmm. wife. And and Asha. Mrs. Mm-hmm. They were great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you all haven't listened to that, go listen to that episode. I had so much fun doing that one. Way more fun than the Weird Al one. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> oh, anyone had more fun than that. I mean, especially when we found out that he did vagina monologues and that yep. song about vaginas. No, no, Weird Al was a great time too. Bearded and Wifey were that was that was a a detour from some of the stuff that we normally do, which is great because that's what we're wanting to do mm-hmm. is explore all these different, you know, facets of nerdum and things that people may not consider traditionally nerdy. That's mm-hmm. weird now that we have nerd traditionalists. That feels almost like an oxymoron within itself. Is it no nerd nerd nerdisonalist? Nerdicinalists. Sounds like some medicine. It's a suppository. Ah, uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was a really fun one. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Uh, we're making a full playlist of just uh, what I call it, Spooktober, on Spooktober. Uh, YouTube. So if you guys mm-hmm. are watching, I uh, can catch it on there. If you guys are listening, then you're just going to find it on your own. But it'll be, you know. Probably the last one or the one before this one. Yep. So maybe two there's before. only two. Yeah. Somewhere in there. You guys will find it. It's paranormal. But we it are fun. gonna we are gonna bombard you all a little bit too with extra episodes because we're so far behind on one if we have them recorded. So we're going back to the twice a week schedule where I'm releasing just to get mm-hmm. caught up. Yep. Or at least an episode or two behind. So we'll be fine. Yeah. But so spooky let, games. Spooky you did games. a lot of research on this. You did. Well, you did. You did. I didn't research. The research on the spooky games. I didn't do anything. I went back and cleaned up the the flow a little bit, but you. (laughs) I added like three things. Like, did I do this? Because I had a lot on that that was repeat. Well, okay. Originally, there was like four (laughs) pages of stuff to cover, but that's just because you copied and pasted the same thing eighteen times. Yeah. Without realizing, but there's some stuff on here that I didn't realize. And that I didn't even know. And and we talked about this a little bit pre-show, and you guys um, can discuss it in the Discord, in the link mm-hmm. below. Join that. Join the discussion. Um, Please. What's going to constitute a horror game? What you think? Because I think everybody's version, well, not everybody's, but I think there's a few different camps. And I think there's probably more people that would just be like, oh, that's not a horror game. Then they're like, this is my type of horror game. I think there's some stuff that would fall in and out, but this is uh, a very, I don't want to say chronological. I guess we're going to kind of go chronological. We're not going to be able to hit every horror game franchise. No, but we're going to hit, we're going to hit the early stuff mm-hmm. and the beginnings. That's the whole point of this episode. It's like yeah. the beginnings, what constitutes it. And like, like Kyle was saying, I kind of want to explore that for a minute. Like there's a game that you and I played. Mm-hmm. 
which you consider a horror game and it's classified as a horror game, I don't think it's a horror game. That we currently play? The fur the furrest. The, the that was the that was the furry uh no the first mission. the forest no the forest the, i think as a single player game it it feels more like a horror game than a survival game well seeing like i said it's to me it's more survival than anything else i know there was like natives and stuff in there but to me it wasn't really a horror game I and think, this is where you, the arguments come in yeah here we go i think actually actually fluff up my neck beard for this he is um, a good fluffer <laughs> but now uh, the the single player side does feel feel more horror when you're doing the multiplayer like that's all mm -hmm. i think you've i don't know if you've ever done this just the story mm -mm, i just can did. on multiplayer but just the story and playing it alone is a hell of a lot scarier okay okay i'll give it that it's 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 give and take because multiplayer, yeah. it was just mostly like Harry demolishing, like building stuff, and then me going and setting his house on fire. Which happened a lot. Which happened a lot. But there's, I didn't there's know some what stuff I was when you get down into the depths of the game, and then the lore of the game is actually pretty spooky. When you find out what's actually going on, and then you really find out what's actually going on, um, and you get deeper into it, the... You know, I think you have your jump scare games, you have your creepy games, you have your games that, you know, from the the ambiance of the game itself is ambiance. Ambiance. That's a fancy word of the week. Um, but yeah, we'll get to those. I'm really curious to hit on where you kicked everything off here because there's a couple of things here that I had no idea about. And um, we're going to talk about a lot of games that we haven't played also. Because we're not that fucking old. Yeah, we're thorough. But we're thorough. <laughs> we're there's, thorough. Uh, there's some games here. So if you guys, there's some that we're going to hit on. I know we talked about a pre-show. There's some games that I know of that I remember wanting to play when I was younger that I never got to touch. And now I would like to go back and find a way to play those some way or form. Um, but if you guys have played any of these that we bring up, um, talk about it in the chats. So... In the chats, Chris was able to trace back scary game. So we're we're not talking just horror, really. I mean, because in the title we we said scary game, spooky game, not horrors. Yeah, horror games, which is the thing that you found earlier when you're looking for that other game. Mm -hmm. um, oh fuck! <laughs> and now it's in my algorithm. That's in the algorithm. Now you're just gonna have anime boobs all in your search history. He was telling me to look for this game called Red Fall. Red Falls. Red Fall. One word. Redfall. You put a space in and threw an extra. No, word and in. then I put it all together, and it's not on Steam apparently. Well, that's not my fault. And I'm like, this what gaming? I showed him the screen. He goes, Yeah, that's not it. And now it's in your algorithm. Oh, good, good. <laughs> because you liked Red Falls, you might like yeah. Big Fate Anime Girl Boobs Seven. Seven. This is an improvement over six. Graphics got better. I didn't even tracing. like the first five. <laughs> I just kept buying them. But I, I had to. I'm a completist. So what do you what do you have listed as the first scary game from your, I know, endless hours of research that you did? Chris put so much research into this. I did a lot. <laughs> you did. Um, so it was from Sega, which Sega, I didn't Sega, realize Sega, Sega was a, a, around back in the 70s. 
I bet Sega's been around for a long time. They probably started like Nintendo. What were those? Um, Sega. Uh, those the they're like the coin op games in Japan. They're not like slot machines, but they're Plinko, Pachinko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because didn't Nintendo kind of start that? Yeah, that I think way? so. Yeah, they and then they evolved. Yeah. But this one was from Sega. It's called Killer Shark in 1972. I didn't know there was video games in 1972. Sega's been around in some shape or form. Um, and the they 40s. consider this one, this is arguably the original quote-unquote scary game. I'm doing air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to see dest- on the YouTubes. Yeah, on the YouTubes. You have to destroy a massive shark by firing a light gun at it. Um, and the game was actually featured in the original Jaws movie, too. Really? Yep. They had so, the, the arcade on the pier, right? Yep. Or on the wharf or whatever it was. Yeah. Sega's Killer Shark. I want to see if I can see any video of what that looks like. So that was 1972? 1972. I mean, did you ever think that those words would come out of either of our mouths? Like, 1972, the first video game that we know of i now i kind of want to research if there was one before then because this is considered the original scary game so i kind of see some of the inner workings of it yeah so it was just very simple huh that's kind of cool yeah very you can actually see the little laser puke off the light gun and it kind of cool but it's from 72 that's yeah this looks pretty good. If I was a kid in 1972 and I saw this, I would dump so many quarters into it. See, it I just think it's kind of cool. Full color. Well, there's a blue screen and there's like a fish. I guess that's a shark. So it's by our today's standards, not scary. No. From I would, 1972. I would argue by 1980s horror movie scary. Boom standards, it's not scary. No. Um, and then yeah i mean it's so 1972 and then our next breakthrough i'll let you go over this one was so, 10 years uh, later yeah 10 years later so in uh, 82 atari released the 2600 gaming console mm-hmm. um so this was like was this the first cartridge system i think this was mm-hmm. the first actual cartridge based yep. system like one of the first home systems that wasn't quote-unquote a computer like was it before the commodore um yeah okay um but the games you know they were limited by the technology of the time at the time the technology seemed awesome you know this is before my time you were probably already in fifth grade when this came out this was before me um can't argue yeah so the the games weren't great the cover art was amazing you go back and look (laughs) at some of that old cover art it's great like i would love to have some of it framed even stuff that i've never played that looks cool which would seem very poser-ish of me but you know what fuck them because it would look cool on my wall um but that's what they they did they would you know give things an amazing cover and so there was a game called haunted house that came out for the atari that let's look at the cover of this it's pretty epic so it's atari 2600 the cover art was amazing like that is creepy it almost looks like um, you've seen like the old, um, the old D and D manuals, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like, like that, that style of art, kind of. Well, you know what else it reminds me of? 
Mm. Like the old, remember when you used to be in like the grocery stores, like the Albertsons, the Safeways, those when you were like with your parents? We had a Harps. Okay, well, you had you had a Harpos. And an IGA. And an IGA. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You'd, you'd be walking and mom would be shopping. It's like, I don't want to look at damn meat. I'm going to go to the video section, look at that stuff. Oh, and you look at the going. covers yeah. and you'd go and you knew you're young. You knew you're not supposed to be watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. So you'd go walk through the horror movie section and look at the covers. This reminds me of the cover of The Rainbow and the Snake. The Rainbow and the Snake. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that was, I think that's the name. Let's see. Serpent? It might be The Serpent and the Snake. The Serpent and the Rainbow? That might be it. This, that came out in 88. But if you look at the cover, yeah, that was it. Kind of, I mean, not really, but just that style. Just like, that style, yeah. Yeah. Like you pass that and then you'd see like this guy. And if you look at the cover of the Haunted House, kind of see the Serpiente eyes. y el arco iris. I found this, the not English version. <laughs> Good. I'm the director of, okay, here's a different version. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it oh, reminds Wes me of- did that. It reminds me of a lot of those kind of movies. I'm going to have to watch that movie now because that's a Wes Craven movie that I haven't seen. It's actually kind of good hmm. for being as old as it is. There's some good old ones. But the game itself, so we were talking about, what game were we talking about? <laughs> Haunted House. Haunted House. Yeah, the game blew ass. Like, you go back, that's one of those things, the Atari games didn't age well. There's some games that age pretty well. That's why I can't see spending $600 on that new Atari system. That's getting ready to come out. No, it's out. Oh, it's out? It's out, but you can play modern games on it. Like, they're developing modern stuff, but, you know, it's the retro thing. Yeah. Because it's made out of full wood, too, like the old systems. Mm. That'll dissipate dissipate heat really well. Yeah. I see no fire hazard there. No, none at all. But if you ever played any of the old Atari games, there's some that are, I, I would say, worth going back and playing just for the nostalgia of it. Yeah. Um, But they just... They, I think they like the replayability of what Nintendo did within the next couple of years. A lot of those old Nintendo games still have a lot of replayability because Nintendo stuff is known for good stories, even then. Uh, but the the game Haunted House, you know, it was Blue considered ass. to be like the very first survival horror title because you're you're a player, the game, you're your icon, you know, because you're thinking you're looking top-down, flat 2D, you know, was it eight colors at most? Did you have eight colors on that? Yeah. Was it 8-bit? Okay, maybe. I don't um, even know if it was eight. Represented by, like, it might have been four. A set of eyes, and you had to wander around this house in the dark, collecting items, constantly bumped into stuff. And so, like, you sit here, it's not exactly, like, you know, Resident Evil, Silent Hill realm, but you got to crawl before you walk. This type of game set the groundwork for the survival horror games that we we love to play now and so after that we're I'm nodding my head in agreement an agreement uh-huh the visual works great for the podcast <laughs> I just thought about that <laughs> i'm nodding my head mm-hmm. what'd you say what'd we go after that uh so now we're in 1983 one year later one hold on, hold on. year later one year later Mm, buy war bonds. Support the effort. Support the effort. So in 83, um, Wizards Video Games, defunct mm-hmm. company now, 
released a game based off of John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it, this our first movie-based game? I think it might have been. Movie-based horror game. Well, I mean. It might be the first movie-based game. Was this, well, oh, no, 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 E.T. E.T. Yeah. The buried E.T., yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe game horror whose game. name shall not be named. named. <laughs> that we did. But it was 8-bit. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, I invite you to go listen to the 8-bit Halloween rendition. Ooh. It is epic as hell. There's a whole YouTube channel devoted to 8-bit covers of everything. And I mean, this was good at the time for, you know, being 1983. It actually is really cool. You need to check it out if you okay. haven't. When you're talking about that, I'm going to look it up. Now I want to hear it. Um, so what set this game apart a lot, which, by the way, we do love John Carpenter. We love mm-hmm. spooky movies. The game featured casual violence, which had you had not seen before. I love casual violence. I do too. Um, when I'm talking casual violence, this isn't like, you know, like the, you're getting through the game, then all of a sudden to run away from the bad guy, you have to trip him and he hits his head and he bleeds to death, right? Yeah. This is like you're going around <clears throat> just slashing at someone at a machete or, you know, you're getting slashed at all the time. This is what got Splatterhouse in trouble down the road and we'll discuss splatterhouse a little bit down the road oh god that too. intro sounds so good isn't it cool that would creep me that's to me a little creepier than the actual you know composed version mm-hmm. from the score of the movie yeah i think it's cool it's really fun to listen to mm-hmm. so what else was unique in this game the deaths were sudden and they were brutal go look up some point if you guys are listening to this go look the, go look it up on youtube i mean it you know it's tame by today's standards but yeah 1980 what i say three it's it was brutal it was brutal you didn't see that kind of stuff no but it had to start somewhere yep i had to start somewhere mm-hmm. and so after we have Halloween. A year later, we have another movie tie-in spooky game. I know we keep saying horror games. I got to get off of that and go back to spooky games and spooky-themed games. Mm-hmm. That's going to encompass a lot more, and it'll keep people from just breaking us over the coals. That's not a horror game. Eh, a spooky game or spooky-influenced game. It's uh, 1984's Ghostbusters. Uh, came out on the Commodore and designed by David Crane. Who also did Pitfall. Great game. Mm-hmm. And uh, A Boy in His Blob. So I played Pitfall. I don't think I ever played A Boy in His Blob. Boy in His Blob is was on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. This boy had this blob, and you'd give him different flavored jelly beans, and he turned into different items to help you get past places and levels. So, like, let's say, like, the grape one could turn him into like a trampoline. Okay. Or the tangerine would turn him into jelly bean would turn him into an umbrella. Or one would turn him into a card jack to get you to higher places. Like it was a fun oh, I game. Thought it was like help you with a flat tire. That's really specific. <laughs> That's really specific. In the right I wish it was. But it was 
no i mean that was that was the game and they re-released it on um xbox oh i remember you talking about that yeah actually when you come over next week i'll show it to you i think i got it um but it, yeah it was re-released it it was a fun game it was a really fun game so if you actually if you're watching the youtubes that's the cover behind me with the commodore 64 is the ghostbusters it's a good cover um it it's really sweet and the game was fun as hell see i never had a commodore i never did either when did you i play? played one later in life oh, okay so as now life progressed. i i was the first one on my block to get a nintendo i had a buddy down the street that had the atari yep but i was the first one with a nintendo i was so an early nintendo adopter like i had cousins that had ataris and then I got the Nintendo, and um, then my buddies got the Nintendos, and that's when we got into the game swapping. And, you know, I'll trade you this game for this game for the weekend, and we'd get in trouble for bringing them to school to trade, and yeah. And it was a whole thing. So, yeah, but it was um, it was a great game, Ghostbusters. So it looks like we got, in the following year, we got two games. Uh, one for a home release, one for an arcade release. And um, that's the big difference, too. Mm -hmm. And I think the arcade release here, we have Ghosts and Goblins re released for arcades. Excuse me, released, released to the arcades and is kind of credited somewhat for revitalizing the video game industry, the arcade side of it. Um, it was dwindling for about a year there. Got yeah, stagnant. it was starting to kind of taper off a little bit. This was um, before Nintendo really took off and like super saved everything. This This kept enough life going, I think um and you know label is one of the most addictive and and fun entries into uh the quote-unquote golden age of games i'm not going to argue that phrase i would say from 83 to like 91 was a great golden age yeah great time for video games they had all that shit on the nintendo that was so much fun mm -hmm. and like you know nintendo was just cranking them out left and right too. So commodore had some good stuff though i mean you got another one coming up on the list here that um, also, I also didn't know until pre-show that this was a thing and you had me go back and listen <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, also in 85, there was a Friday, the 13th game released the Commodore 64. And so this Chris first not... pointed out to me, like the theme song was what? Teddy bears, Teddy bears picnic, which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, it's but that in that type of game setting is creepy. Is creepy. Creepy. I mean, you know, in 85, so when that came out, so two-year-old me would have been creeped out by that. <laughs> but they also used, I, I just wonder if they were using a lot of, uh, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Common, um, the free-to-use songs. Um, public domain public domain songs thank you because all mcdonald had a farm was in that game too because <laughs> after you pointed this out to me I was, I was going through all the songs in the game mm -hmm. there's old mcdonald had a farm there was like the wedding march was in that game on the soundtrack i guess you would call it that. i guess it would be the soundtrack and it just seems like we need music let's grab whatever we can grab from public domain and yeah. we're gonna run with it but here's so here's the difference too. This Friday the Thirteenth is not to be confused with the one on Nintendo. This no. one was infinitely better. 
believe it or not. So I guess you played this one as well? Yep, I played this one. Hmm. The whole point of this one was to unnerve you. That's why they did the songs they did in like this 8-bit and just kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, it, the whole thing was just about keeping you unnerved. Like, if you go look at it, like the intro, you can go watch gameplay. Like, Brian Bone was one of the characters, and Stuart Palmer. Stuart Palmer looks like Janet Reno. <laughs> Hold on here. I'll share my screen with you so you can see it. Oh, I'm pulling them up right now. But yeah, look at the characters. Friday the 13th. Amanda Baxter had a weird placed head compared to the rest of her body. Jerry King was Bob Ross. You know, the Wendy graphics Watson. don't look terrible. I mean, for the no. time. I mean, they look terrible now. Look at the but, Stuart Palmer picture. Oh, here. Let's see if it... Where does it show? There's some, some axes hitting some stuff. Church, it looks like, maybe. I would almost call this open world for what it is. Very close. It's not linear. I mean, you're wandering around. Oh, there's mm -hmm. the... Wendy Watson. Uh, I didn't get through all the characters, but I would give it a run to this day. There is a ROM port. If you can find them. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that one. That one was fun. Um, we know they we are out there if you can find them. So we're not condoning that. Mm -mm. Not at all. Don't do that. So the next one on this list is called Mad Doctor. I've never heard of this one. 99.999% of people have never heard of this game. I'm in that group. Um, definitely go search for it. Okay. Do yourself a favor and search for it. Um, you're playing as, you know, well, a, a mad doctor um, living in a small English village. You must find the body parts needed to make your own Frankenstein's monster. You have my attention. You're Frankenstein, so you're searching for body parts laying around in this village. It's like, there's just like a random arm in an alley? It's like, oh, look, hey, I'm going to fist you. I don't think that's the right terminology. Well, it is now. If, if this village has random body parts just laying in the street all willy-nilly, a mad doctor collecting them is probably the least of their problems. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, that's Jerry's arm. That's just Jerry. Jerry's oh, arm. Oh, Jerry. I wonder to see if old Phyllis can lend me a hand. Jerry's just laying around in the gutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he can't hurt you. He's t he's completely armless. So. He is arm. He's harmless and armless. <laughs> it's like, Jerry, lend me a hand. No, you can't. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, basically, to achieve the goal, mm -hmm. you had to uh, do some grave digging or murder some townspeople in the that game. That was like a great Saturday night. It actually, it that if they could make that modern and mm -hmm. like multiplayer, that would be fun as hell. I bet, I bet you combine that with like this time of year, you combine that activity with anything pumpkin spice flavored. There's so <laughs> many. Like, you just have, on, to have, have the dates lined up. Uh, mm, 
Uh, yeah, well, that's how you have to drink it too. Do you, were, do you remember that coffee, that cafe in France? And that waiter? You have the, the, the sleeve on it. Oh, you're going to have the sleeve on you? Sleeve on it. You remember that waiter? Mm hmm. Jean Luc! So pumpkiny, pumpkiny, and now Spicy. let's go get a, let's go get an arm. Yeah, let's go do that. Let's go get an arm now. Let's just go trawl up through the streets. <laughs> Tra la 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 la. Mm -hmm. So collecting arms and hands and knees and feet. <laughs> it gives a whole new meaning to head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. <laughs> You're probably just humming that. Just pushing <laughs> this little wagon. <laughs> What you singing, Jerry? Shopping list. <laughs> a shopping list? Yeah. Uh, do you have any? No, we're all out. Sorry, hon. I'm looking for a size uh, nine and a half left foot. Just the uh, foot. All we have is eight and a half. Uh, it's not going to work. Gonna walk shoes won't fit. Work. And then your monster ends up walking in circles. <laughs> Mash good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, so man. I want to play this. this. It go watch the video. It is it's super fun, um, okay. especially for being the time. Uh, so you had to avoid after you do all this, you have to avoid the pitchfork wielding townspeople. Mm -hmm. Just like in real life. And just like in real life, then you have to make your way to the Stonehenge like thing. They can't call it Stonehenge, but it was a Stonehenge mm -hmm. um, to bring it to life. What game was it that had something that was like Stonehenge, but it was uh, Earthbound? Yes. Had a, a fake stone hinge. They called it something else. Whatever it was. I gotta look that up now. It's gonna bug me. So, and then, yeah, that was Mad Doctor. That does sound like fun. Actually, I think you actually do go to Stonehenge in Earthbound. It's not just like Stonehenge. It is. It is Stonehenge. It is Stonehenge. The whole base. I never made it that far in the game. <laughs> I, wanna, I gotta stream that sometime. What's uh what's next on our list here? We got a game called Uninvited. So we got Apple coming into the foray now. A uh, Macintosh. Mm hmm On the old Mac, the OG Mac. Um looks like this is our first point point and click game. Um came out in eighty six, got revamped a little bit for uh, Nintendo, which we have here is like as a very metal, like metal cover metal well it's like it's almost metal i'm gonna argue it slightly <laughs> let me find it, it be here. metal it, it it's be like metal. metal but oh okay i see it now it's kind of like a conquistador hat with a frilly thing it almost looked like a skeleton of an old grandma holding like a crochet needle is that what it is, though? We're looking at the same looks... one with the blue, with the skull, yeah. the blue frock I think so. in the hat. Like, it looks like Eddie, sort of. That's not a crochet needle. Maybe that's a... It's holding an umbrella. What's going on here? What is See? What's going Kinda on? Kind of cool, this? though, isn't it? It is cool looking. Yeah. So that's that's got to be a lady, lady skeleton. That's cool. So you must uh, 
So the Nintendo version came out in 91. You have to explore a creepy abandoned house in search of their lost sibling. Sounds very lock and key-ish. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, not really that, by today's standards, not super scary. But at the time, it was, you know, it's pretty groundbreaking. It's pretty, something pretty new. Yeah, I remember uh, this 80, what did I say, 86? <clears throat> yeah, 86. So it, it built a, uh, what do you have here? They used the form of a game to build a tangible sense of dread. And uh, games today are still influenced by it. Uh, something else nuts. I never played, so I'm going to put that on the list too. But now we're getting some stuff that that we kind of know about mm -hmm. than when we were of age to play some things. Yep. Yep. Um, 87, we had Castlevania. Woo! On the Nintendo. On that Nintendo. <laughs> got Konami making their entry into the uh, spooky horror game. Design. So Castlevania is a game that I've started playing several, several, like more times than I could count. I've never beat it. I've watched it's hard. Streamers. It's it hard. hard as shit. I've, I've watched, you know, speed runs of it. I've watched no damage runs of it. Mm -hmm. um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but he was, uh, he streams all the time. I'll get you linked up to him. Sushi uh, Fish Ninja. Sushi Fish Ninja. No, I don't no. think he does. But this guy does a lot of uh, retro games, does a lot of speed runs and uh, no damage runs. And he was doing Castlevania recently. Um, just such a it was a fun game it was frustrating as all hell but it, it was really fun and that's one that i'll always go back to that i'll probably never ever ever beat and it had oh. several entries past like there's castlevania symphony been... of the night castlevania 3 castlevania lord of shadows mm -hmm. they spawned an anime off of it which was really good on netflix yep. really really bloody mm -hmm. uh Parents, do not let your children watch Castlevania on Netflix, by the way. There was a, they released an arcade light gun shooter in 09, Castlevania the Arcade. So the last entry of the game of it, uh, actually, Castlevania Vampire Killer 86. Is that when we have this out? Mm-hmm. 87. 87. Close enough. Um, 87 was Simon's Quest. And then you had a lot of spinoffs of two... You had the Game Boy versions of it. You had Castlevania on 64. The latest entry was 2014. Um, Lords of Shadow. So that was a kind of a spinoff because you had Castlevania Lords of Shadow in 2010. And then you had, you know, spinoffs of that. Last one, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. So, yeah, they're still going strong. Or they were as of, you know seven years ago yep so after that we have an 87 in october of 87 very important to note because this is when it came out lucas arts released maniac mansion this is lucas arts just cranking out games at mm -hmm. this time and these are some of my favorite games very distinctive art style in the games mm -hmm. like they all look different but you can all tell they came from lucas arts like, uh, let's see, it, at the time it would have been like Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, mm -hmm. uh, Maniac Mansion, 
uh, Day the Tentacle. There was, um, I believe, The Dig. The Dig was one of them, too, because I remember that being in the pack. Yeah, they released those games throughout the late 80s to mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. About a 10-year span, they're yep. taking games out that are all really cool. They're still fun. Uh, they're on... Um, they're all for free with um, Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. And they're all remastered, too. Yep. yep. 4K remasters, they look great, too. Yep. But Maniac Mansion, it was way, way ahead of its time. Um, it was a point and click. But why audiences loved it so much, why gamers loved it, was because it was, number one, funny as hell. Mm-hmm. They had great dialogue um like one of them you'd be walking through the house and then you'd see like um uh dr fred walk through like going where did i leave that finger at oh yes in the refrigerator next to the ham and like you'd have um ed his son you'd have nurse edna um you know they'd just be walking through the house they catch you um what else was great about it was how versatile it was too because you had different characters there was bernard he was the smart math guy you know just the nerd um oh i think it was blade or blaze i can't remember she's a female rocker uh they had dave who's like a hero you had a guy who was like you know like a surfer guy all these characters had different specialties Mm -hmm. And how you use them in combination is how the game would play out. There was multiple endings to the game, as well as multiple game plays through the game, depending on who you used and who got captured and everything else. So this is an early, one of the first games to do the multiple endings. Like, yep. not just like good, bad ending, but like multiple, multiple endings and multiple storylines, depending on what you did as you went through the game. Which is awesome. And you guys can just, tell, I think Chris has played this a few times. Oh, I love this game. It is so good. Um, they did a really shitty port of it to the Nintendo yeah. in 1990. We won't talk about that. It was better on computer. Um, but then they had this tremendous yet forgotten, which I didn't forget about it. I loved this show. Um, it was a TV series. It was on for three seasons called Maniac Mansion. And um, it had a lot of SCTV alumni. Um, SCTV is where we got um, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Okay. Um, That's where John Candy got his start, Eugene Levy, um, as well as Joe Flattery was Dr. Fred Edison. And Eugene Levy, who he's the executive producer, and he started in one episode as a meta version of himself. Oh, that's cool. Um, Joe Flattery, do you know who he is? I feel like I should. I really feel it. Jackass. Hey, happy. Why don't you hit the ball, jackass? Really? That's Joe Flattery. Really? He was, I remember the theme song. It was Maniac Mansion. He's still alive, too. Yeah. He's really, really old now. Yeah, he's like 80-something. But he was hilarious. But yeah, no. So the he TV show was just fun. It wasn't like the game, what you expect, but it was fun. Um, Eugene Levy still had the eyes, the eyebrows. Um, but what's 
what's so great about this game is it got a sequel called Day of the Tentacle in 1993. I bought this game originally for DOS mm-hmm. when it was 15 discs. And then I bought it when it came out on Windows um, 3.1, I think, or 3.1.1. This is the pre-Steam days. Youngins. It was the pre-Steam day. And then that's when it had, I was excited because we had we had a DVD drive or CD drive, which a lot of my friends didn't have. Um, you had to install it. And the save points, they gave you this book. And you had to put the croutons on Dr. Fred's machine for the save points, mm-hmm. it would tell you where to go. You had to put all these pieces on, but you had to draw it in the instruction manual. Okay. So, so it's like a save a, code, but different. Yeah. Like it's a, like a unique old, like, spin on a save code. Like Mega Man, like where you had yeah. to write down the codes. This was like that, except you had to draw croutons and other stuff on them. Okay. On the book. I lost my fucking book. Oh. I couldn't play it anymore. Then they redid it um, as a 95 with speech. Uh-huh. I think it was Windows 95. And it actually had speech and it was so great. Then they redid it years back, a couple of years back, and in HD, 4K. And you can still flip-flop in between it being the you know 16-bit graphics. I watched you stream that a little bit. Yeah, and that was one of the first games I ever streamed. Yeah. Um, because I love that. I go back and I play that at least once a year because it's just funny as hell. One of the achievements in Day of the Tentacle is ring the front desk bell a hundred times. See, this is where we got to the conversation where I thought you'd like Stanley Parable. So it's the same like type of humor, totally different uh, graphic presentation, game presentation, very, very similar humor. So, I think yeah. you'd like it. So I, I'm probably going to have to end up playing it. Yeah. Like one of the things in there is you try and, and I'm going to ruin it. Most of you will never play it, but it is so much fun. Like the game is hilarious and it's just fun. Once you start playing it, you can't stop. Bernard is back from the original Maniac Mansion game. And one of the, one of the missions is, or one of the little quests is you have to kick the old lady down the stairs <laughs> on her chair because you're trying to put a videotape and to record something where she's on the monitor in the security system. And he Bernard looks at you and goes, sometimes to save the world, you have to kick a few old ladies down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Good good advice for life in general, good, actually. Uh, yeah. Kick an old lady down the stairs. Hey, ma'am, how old are you? Oh, you're only 59. Mm, that's mm. too young for me. Yeah. 20 years ago, I would said you're old and I would kick your ass down the stairs. But not anymore. Now not it's now. like, oh, you're like, not that old. You single? single? So. You see... <laughs> Yeah, you it's, can tell this is one of Chris's favorite games. Like I said, it's, it's one of the first ones he streamed. I remember watching him stream. I remember the game. I think you would like this game. I think I would too. It you should stream it sometime. It's fun. It's just a lot of fun. And the kids, so my four-year-old, soon to be five-year-old, loves this game. She likes watching it and you can she likes controlling and making him walk around. So oh, I just thought of a new pickup line for you. What's that? DTM. Put that in one of your profiles. DTM? Down to Metamucil. Mmm. You know, I'll probably need to get back on some Metamucil sometime. <laughs> at least, at, you know, at some on some type of regular schedule of taking. So, I'm going to get Kyle Metamucil of the month for his birthday. Yeah. One of them loot boxes. That's so. right. 
next game. So the next game, I was excited to talk about this game, and this is one I want to go play. Um, but there's there's this game is way more influ- influential than I think anybody knows because nobody knows about this game at all. <laughs> Came out in 1989. I didn't it, know about it until Kyle told me about it. I didn't know about it. We've, well, there's a story behind how we found out about this. It was a whole rabbit hole thing one night. Um, so in 1989, Nintendo re- released a game called Sweet Home. Okay, so Sweet Home was based on a movie by the same name. Um, they were released around the same time. Um, let's see, so the game came out in 89. The movie also came out in 89. Um, the movie, I believe, was also... So the game was pr- developed and produced by Capcom. And I believe Capcom had some money tied up in the movie as well. So they're loosely based on each other. We came across this game, or I came across this game, after we were playing a um, an indie horror game called, was it Home Sweet Home? Mm-hmm. So, and Home so Sweet that Home. one was a, um, was that from a developer in Taiwan? Yep. I believe. Okay. And so we kind of got to digging and looking and something about a movie or something came up or I was looking up stuff on the game because we were trying to figure out if it had a lot of uh, the, the home sweet home game. If that was some actual like Taiwanese superstition and things that were tying to it. Well, then I came across this game called sweet home released by Capcom in 89 found out that it was based off of a movie and it's, you know, people claim it is one of the, a uh, few games that the game was better than the actual movie. Movie. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> the I movie, guess. air quotes. Chris and I watched. I started watching it then. I found it on YouTube. I started watching it. I made it about 30 minutes into it. And I realized that this is so bad that I cannot watch this by myself. I was going going up to visit Chris in a couple of days. Like, we're going to watch this together when I get up there and uh, we did. And it's one of those movies that's there. I have a hard time watching bad movies by myself. I can watch a terrible movie with a buddy and make it that much fun. Cause we just riffed the whole movie the whole way through. We could have had an episode of content just from that itself, but where the game itself is supposedly, you know, kind of breakthrough. It was one of the first horror game horror rpg games that that plays out in rpg style that we're familiar with that we you know like very uh final fantasy zelda Mm -hmm. style um you have a party you have five characters you've got gear um what is great here let me see if i can get down to it was this um it you know, Wikipedia has legacy, you know, it's considered one of the greatest horror games ever made, landmark and evolution of horror game design. This game served as the ma- main inspiration for a game Capcom released a few years later called Resident Evil, which arguably defined survival horror genre as a franchise. And so Resident Evil was originally a remake of this game. Um, 
there was some of the same people tied up. I mean, it was Capcom um, that the way Resident Evil came about is they were able, there were some things that they wanted to do in a game that didn't make sense in the Sweet Home universe, I guess you could say. And so then you had an IP change and it becomes Resident Evil. So this little game right here, and I have it as my background for you guys watching on YouTube. Um, I want to go back and play this. Um, there's a lot of mechanics in this game that carried over and were refined in the Resident Evil series that became staples in the survival horror genres from switching characters to certain type of gear to um, how levels are laid out. Even though Sweet Home is a top-down 2D RPG-style game, they're able to take a lot of those elements and carry those over into the Resident Evil series. And it has a really sweet cover. Did you see this cover art, Chris? Yes. So if you can see, like, right, right here, kind of below my hand where I'm pointing. So you see the face. The fa the one with that looks like almost like it's in a four. Yeah, like kind of uh -huh. in a four. And there's an eyeball. You see the, uh, the other eyeball? It looks like it should belong to the face yeah. that you can see the nose in the middle. If yeah. you look really close, you see how it, it doesn't quite line up. Oh, it doesn't, does it? So that's that's another face, right? That's two faces. It looks like it should be the original face. You have two faces there. And so as I was reading through, it's like, okay, well, we got the one face here, but that's the other creepy face. Found out that's actually Mephisto making an appearance. Oh fuck you. This Sweet isn't Home. even a this isn't even a Marvel thing. He showed up in Sweet Home. And uh yeah, like he's everywhere. God bless it. This mm -hmm. wasn't even a Marvel one. Mm -mm. Mm. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody suspected I was, it. I was looking up while you were talking. I was looking up some video on Sweet Home. The game or the movie? Yeah, the game. The game, the game actually looks like it's a lot of fun. Well, the game looks like a lot of fun. It looks very Final Fantasy style. Well, I'm seeing. Okay, so I'm looking like up. Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 4. So... The more I'm looking at that face behind you, to your mm -hmm. right, that looks like three faces. Like, you see the nose going up on one, like it's the side, mm -hmm. very 80s. Then one in the middle, then one that looks like almost a nose again. Yeah. You set me up for something? No, I'm okay. being dead serious. I'm Look, very it looks like something. After I got you. Like, after try you to, fucked with me, now you're just like, double back on me I really don't, fast. I don't know if I trust you, sir. <laughs> you are a tricker. If I, if I was going to trick you, I'd just ask you, you got prom me? You go prom me. You go prom me. <laughs> but well, some of the things the game did, it, it, um, and there was the splitting up of the party. You had a lot of horror, standard horror trope stuff in there. Um, one thing it did different was you had randomly generated enemies. And so things weren't always static. It had multiple endings. There was puzzles. And so all that stuff set the you know we're talking about a lot of games that um at the time may you're going back and look at them now they may not be great this actually does look great mm -hmm. but they set the groundwork for the the stuff that we love to play now all these came together into a mixing pot to make the the survival horror genre which you know is i think still booming kind of it had its ups and downs but i think it's taking back off now because we got new resident evils yeah. And those things coming out. Um, oh, oh, I went up a year too far because that was in 89. 
Oh, what, hap- what happened in 88? 88 was Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse. By Namco. Mm-hmm. Splatterhouse. Um, it was Gonzo. Pure Gonzo. Like there's some oh. chickens and blue guys flying around? And basically, like the chicken fuckers, yeah. <laughs> um, Gonzo, in terms of like the the horror genre, Gonzo, like the bloody yeah definition. Um, they, like it was so bloody at the time that I remember that I remember this just people outraged by it. I mean, go look up the cover. Oh, I mean, I remember the cover. Was it on Nintendo or Sega, though? It, uh, it was on Sega, or, I believe. Or did you get a couple of releases? I got a couple, but I think Splatterhouse was... I know it got re-released on the Xbox 360. Okay, so it wasn't on Nintendo, was it? It was Sega. It was. Uh, well, there's a Famicom. There's a Japanese release, maybe. There's 1988 Splatterhouse, 1988. Uh, oh, I remember the Genesis game. cover. Splat- Splatterhouse yeah. 2 was on Genesis. That was a spot, the one I'm thinking of. So this one was just, this was an arcade, uh, TurboGrafx-16. No, hmm. that was a port. Arcade, TurboGrafx. Came out on Windows, mobile. So I guess Splatterhouse 2. He's a very Jason Voorhees-looking main yeah. character. Well, and that's <clears throat> that's the one that we remember as the Genesis one, I think. Yeah. With the uh, uh, what's the alien, the xenomorph-looking thing on the cover? Yes. Yeah. Remember, it's the like the mask gave him these supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. Rick Taylor. Rick Taylor. So, but yeah, it was just a super bloody game, and like everyone's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe this!" Yeah, okay, I'm looking at yeah, the lots of pearl clutching going on from this game. Lots, and it it got an MA13 rating. The third one did. Oh, it did. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <clears throat> so yeah, it was just interesting. If you guys haven't, again, we're gonna tell you just go watch all of these that we're talking about. Some YouTube because they're just really cool. Uh, this next one we're going to talk about looks really cool. Not I lie. remember this one. I don't. How do I not? Because it was so controversial. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, uh, 90, 1992, we're on to Sega CD. A game came out called Night Trap. Um, infamous for violent content. content. Mm-hmm. Suggestive Sexuality, and Dana Plato. From? Different Strokes. Yep. So this game featured, um, it, it was an early uh, FMV style game, full motion video style game, where um, you look at some of the scenes, like there's actual video, because they could do that. There's like a CD. Like you had a little bit more content uh, or a little bit more storage to be able to do some of this stuff. So you actually had um, actual people, not just pixels and sprites mm-hmm. and things. Um, apparently has an unforgettable theme song. What's the theme song? 
Uh, I don't remember that. Let's or were you talking about different sure. strokes in your notes there? <laughs> no, it's, it's different strokes it takes. Let's see. It was see what the theme song sounds like. Whoa. I have to get past this. Here we that's, go. That's that's kind of groovy. That's got some. Oh, yeah. I wonder if I share my screen with you if we can hear this and if the people can. We're going to find out. Oh, yeah, girl. Enable that screen share and we'll see if it makes it through on the on the recording. Wait, wait, wait. Until they start getting uh, singing. Can you share it? Uh, I'm going to find out here. Uh, now, if you disabled it. Oh. Um, should probably not fuck with it in the middle in case it yeah, we might screw something up. But go out and find it on on the YouTube. You can hear it. It's funky. <clears throat> the game features over one and a half hours of real video. Oh, I know you guys can't hear this, but. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I think I might be able to. Uh... Like that song is groovy. Yep, yep, yep. I can share it. Hold on. All right. If I can hear it, then, then we'll be able to hear it on the recording. All right. Let's find out. Oh, make that full screen. The video. In your browser there. Yeah. <laughs> that trap. God, I hope they can hear this. If not, we're going to look so stupid. Oh, my God. I need this as a ringtone. Night trap. You'll get caught in the yeah. night trap. Filmed in Hollywood with real actors, not computer-generated cartoons. Look at that mustache, though. Isn't that great? I can't wait to go back and see if it catches this audio. Scott, I hope it does. Mature, realistic violence. Listen to the sax. The sax on my phone. Oh, I love sexy sex. I mean, sexy sax. Oh, listen to her go. Mm. Hold on. Ah. Oh. My shorts just started fitting a little bit better. <laughs> and wait, hold on. Night trap. Night trap. <laughs> Okay. So that happened. That happened. <laughs> okay. Um, so 92 was a good year. 92 was in a great year. Mm -hmm. What else came out in 92? So Clinton was prepping for his first term. Mm -hmm. Nirvana was at the top of the charts. And this is when he got that shipment of cigars uh, was to the Oval Office. Yeah. Great year. Great year. Uh, and Infogrames. Info had recently released a title that, along with Doom, would come to define the next two de decades of horror gaming. So, so 92 was not Doom. That was 
um, Wolfenstein, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because Wolfenstein was before Doom. Yeah, Wolfenstein was pre-Doom. Which all this later became id or id or however you want to say it id i id. call it id i always called it id so i always call it that but <clears throat> so as you, can, as you can see we you know we went from this game in what i say 90 72 74 74 74 to where we currently are we covered no 72 so we covered 20 years of games before we even got to Wolfenstein and Doom. Wolfenstein, which is nuts to me. Wolfenstein so, and Doom, yeah. Well, and this is where you get into the big argument. What defines a horror game? So, yeah, we can talk about that now. Because if we wanted to go all the way up into 2021, that's another freaking 30 years of games that we'd have to cover. We're mm-hmm. not going to do that right now. No. Uh, we, can, we can leave that hanging for a filler episode if we need to this month. But... um so we made it up to 92, we made it up to Doom, Wolfenstein, both groundbreaking games. And this is where the discussion starts on, like you said, what defines a horror game? I would say at the time, we'll just talk about Doom. Doom's a good one, I think, to go back and forth on. Mm-hmm. And we may think the exact same thing. At the time, you know, 92, you're, we're 10 to 12 years old when doom comes out it's going to be it's going to be a scary game to you You play Mm -hmm. doom with the lights off and you got like a six pack of surge sitting on your desk and you got you know or jukey jukey or joe cola jukey you got all the caffeine right there and you're just playing you got the the soundtrack was enough on its own but you know if you had your own music going that game as a kid, probably shouldn't have been playing it. Lights off. Mm. Scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yep. Now, it still jump scares me a little bit. Like, every now and then, you know, when you open a door and the sound happens and there's, uh, you know, the bubblegum monster is mm-hmm. right there. Still kind of jump scary, but I would say that Doom has evolved past super scary. There's some jump scare moments in it now. The newer releases, but it's it's a pure bang bang shoot 'em up. Yeah, pure pure bang bang shoot 'em up. Pew pew, first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's where a lot of personal preference comes into if you're going to consider a game a horror game. Um, my personal opinion, and I want to hear what you think. My personal opinion for something to be called a horror game, it needs to feel to me like this could be made into a big budget or low budget horror movie or it could feel like that type of movie inspired the game like yeah. if i if i was going to sit down and watch somebody play it then i could be scared yep not necessarily me being scared you know and then you get the environment and, the ambient and all that other stuff that we get into um i think shooter games with horror elements if not done right you, you just have a shooter game um something that really comes to mind is dead space that has the same feel as a first person shooter game but, it's but i will argue game. that dead space is a horror game until they put me in the ground mm-hmm. i agree so your thoughts i agree with what you said i think what a horror game should be to me mm-hmm. is something that makes your heart race while you're watching it you can feel mm-hmm. you can you know that point you can hear your heartbeat yeah like that game then, i suggested to you earlier your heart was probably racing um, that's the one you found. 
not the game itself. You found the wrong game, but now the blood was racing to other parts of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, my wiener. Um, <laughs> but it also it's the kind of game that makes the hair on the back of your arms stand up while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't um, say the hair on the top of my head. There's not enough there to stand can. up. Mm-mm. You can say your butt hair. Yeah. Just whoop. Hello. Hello. But like um, one that's been like that for me recently, like just watching someone play is Dead of Night. I, I was playing that one that for a yet. while there. That's the one with the live action reminds you of the, like the night trap dead. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Jimmy and, about that. Yeah. And like you have to go through the hallways and stuff like when yes. you're playing that it's frightening as hell. When you're watching it, the first couple of times I watched it, it was scary as hell. That's just single player, isn't it? Yeah. It's That's single why player. I haven't done a lot of single player horror games and it's in a little bit. Bucks. The the last one I think I played single player was um uh Resident Evil. Not this not the most recent one, the one before. Was it Resident Evil seven? Right. I played that. I did a full playthrough of that and I actually streamed that. And that game got me a few times. And Resident Evil games historically haven't scared me too much. I mean, you got your classic um, classic dog through the window from Resident Evil 1 that happens early. That, yeah, that that gets me every time. And I know it's coming. But, but it still gets you. It still gets you. Those dogs didn't have any skin on them. Uh-uh. And... I don't know. Jump scares are fun. I'll say jump scares are fun. Jump scaring games when they're done right mm-hmm. can be fun. When they're overdone, it just gets and it's still when they're overdone and they still scare you, then they just start to piss you off. Yeah. Because like, why? Like last night, that game we were playing, we just saw random things flash in our face. There's no context for it. It was just like, oh, we're gonna scare you now because nothing's jumped out in front of you for a while. And it did. I did like that it happened to all of us at the same time. Yeah. But it would have pissed you off had you been playing single player. Right. For me, the I love a creepy environment more than a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Because and this is something I hope we can get into this, you know, we're we're trying really hard to be able to get into uh the psychology of the scare this month for you guys if we can find somebody to help us out with it um but if not you know still that we're gonna talk about a little bit here like i like jump scares are fun to a point but a good creepy atmosphere game like um let's see what would be a good one there was a silent hill game where you were in an apartment and you could like look through the hole in the wall mm-hmm. um i can't remember which silent hill one it was but you kind of phase back and forth with these worlds but there was the bunny pink-headed bunny and you would randomly see it you could look through this hole behind a picture in the wall to the apartment next to you and the moment that, that bunny like noticed you still sticks with me to this day it was so creepy and it wasn't a jump scare really it wasn't this big it was just this little brief moment that was so eerie that's the stuff i like yeah i'm like that too I like to get scared, but I don't like to get scared. Mm-hmm. I'm weird like that, but like 
that's the kind of game I like, like the jump scares. I mm. just think it's fun, but I don't like jump scares by myself. I like them with friends. I like to play those games with friends because it happens to everyone at the same time, or you can laugh at the person who's screaming the loudest. Yeah, which, which is usually, usually me. Which, yeah. yeah. To be fair, it's usually me. Now, I would I do say, spook easing. You know, another game that does the creepy ambience really well is Outlast. Um, yeah. I don't know if you ever played Outlast. Yeah, okay. Outlast is good. We're kind of going down, bouncing back and forth on the list a little bit here, but. Like we normally do. Like, like we normally do. You know, we head on there. We're going to talk about some of our favorite games. Um, Outlast was on there for me. I didn't ha- I didn't put it on this list, um, but like that environment was so creepy. Yeah. And you know, there's a there's been a change, I think, in the industry, and it's kind of next on our list. We can go there with it. It used to be all just in game gaming in general, all big studio, triple A stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if there's just not a market for a triple A studio out to make something outside of a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill. Like they'll have to take a gamble to make a new IP for a horror game genre. So you're seeing this influx of indie games. And if you guys watch a stream on Saturday night, you'll probably catch every indie horror game ever made in the last five <laughs> years. We play them all. But um, I think it was PC Gamer a few months ago did an article about that, that for a good horror game, it's just like a good horror movie. You have to have a very, you have a very narrow focus on what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Right. And that's not a bad thing. But you have to do one thing. You have to do it really well. And with the big studios, you there's too much going on, or they'll try to do it too much. And to me, a good horror game does one thing really well, and that's creep you out or scares you. Mm-hmm. And these indie studios are, I think, more in touch with the players because they're players too. I mean, these are little one to ten man studios. Yeah. cranking out some of these games. Some of them are great. Uh, Phasmophobia is probably the best example in the last seven years. Yep. That was huge. And so you get this this push, this resurgence, like indie horror games are coming out. And I think they have that... I think they have that same charm as indie horror movies. That, in, that kind of develop a cult following. They're, they're not as polished. There's going to be some glitches, and there's going to be some weird stuff happen. They're not as technically sound as some of the AAA games. They may not look as good, but damn it, they're fun. And I think that mirrors the indie horror movie genre a lot. The sets aren't going to look as good. You're not going to have the actors that you know from the the big studios, but but you're going to have fun watching them. Mm-hmm. And they'll develop a little cult following if they're really good or really bad or whatever. And I think these games are kind of doing the same thing. I agree. I don't have anything to add because you pretty much hit all of it. I went on a thing there for a little bit. You did. It was a good thing, sir. Mm-hmm. But it's no, I agree with Kyle. It's those indie games are where it's at now. They're just fun. There's just not a lot of. I mean, there's so much horror movie stuff out there, and there were movie, you know, spooky games for years. We're talking about going back to Ghostbusters and Friday the Thirteenth and all that, and that's just not happening now. You got the last one that I can think of in recent memory is Friday the Thirteenth, the game. 
that a horror, uh, a spooky game tied to a horror movie. There's probably been something since then. Where would you consider Aliens? Ooh, that's tough. Aliens is sci-fi horror. Because I think it's a merge of the genres. It, yeah, it's a merge because they just came out with fire teams. Mm-hmm. But it's but not really that, a horror game. It's I say, a is that a spooky game or is that a shooter? But Alien, Aliens Isolation was a horror game. Was a horror game. I mean, the only ones I can think of in, in the last couple of years that are tied to movies is, your, is the Aliens movies, which are based in the universe. They're not mm-hmm. like directly off one of the movies, which is fine. Yeah. Um, Friday the 13th, which we've played a lot. We'll round back to that. And Editor. Blair Witch came out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Blair Witch game. Blair Witch was pretty cool. It was a really good-looking game. It had some really interesting mechanics. Took enough inspiration from the movie. Movies? Movies? To and Fast and cool. Furious. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about family. All about family, Chofe. But there's just there's just not a lot of... I would love to see... I would love to see a, you know, a House of a Thousand Corpses game or Devil's Rejects. That'd be kind of cool with the, the Firefly Rain, family. Or, I would love to see one of these AAA studios put some money behind a good horror movie game and do it right. And it's probably never going to happen. That I know of. That you know. It yeah. might. It won't. If you guys are listening to us could. out there, Major Square Enix, you out there, make something cool. Capcom, give us something different. Eh? Eh? Yeah, you're not listening. They're not listening to us at all. All right, go off this Five Nights at, five nights at Freddy's, yeah, because I want to know what you're Okay, about. so I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb and say for indie horror, Five Nights at Freddy's may have kicked it off. That was a little independent hmm. game. Um, scary like, as shit. Very scary. Um now that they have it in vr mm-hmm. that it came out about five six years ago and it's one guy well this started as one guy and it was scott scott coffin the creator and he stepped down uh and so that game was a jump scare game is all it was it took all the nightmares that you never knew you had about chuck e cheese as a kid, Which like you never looking at Chuck E. Cheese now as an adult, some of that stuff, those animatronics, yeah, that's a, that's a spooky-ass freaking mouse. Or whatever he is. Whatever it is. Um, but the... Um, the creator, he received a lot of... So his... The his controversy is probably the right word. He got canceled yeah, out. Um, he made a lot of uh, far right wing financial donations to candidates. Um, oh, now I remember this yeah. now. And so then backlash ensued. Um, the um, LGBTQ community kind of took that as a front to, you know, as, against them in a way and um viewed him as supporting political leaders that were harmful to them and so you know he became doxxed 
Uh, just a lot of stuff happened, so he stepped down. Uh, the game series still goes on. Still a great game series. Oh, now, if we ever do our, our episode on cancel culture, that would be a good one. really good one to, to do. Well, I wish they'd make a multiplayer one of it. Like where you could be the animatronics? No, we have one like that. Oh, we do have one kind of like that, yeah. yeah. No, but I'm talking like you're both, like you have to all, you're all, you're all trying to survive it. Oh, where you can all... everyone has to do like something different to try and survive it. Mm-hmm. Or like one room, each person has to get a door, but you all have the same energy thing. Yeah. So if one person jumps the gun and use it, you can be, God damn it, Chofe. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? So, I'm staying in here while you guys get killed. I, would, I mean, would you say that so when did it release? That's that's something. That I don't know. Uh, let me go back and look and see when it was released. I'm wanting to say like 2015, 2016. I've um, Freddy's has a phenomenal backstory too, like how they're because oh, you yeah. don't know what the full story is. Go watch Game Theorists and listen to their explanation of it. Oh, it came out in 2014. Damn, I would say old. I would say this was a good this would be a good entry for bringing indie horror into public view. I would agree. Which is it's way bigger on on PC than it is anywhere else because yeah, it's you can, way bigger. You can release anything, or anybody can release something with just enough oomph to get it out on Steam. Right. Um, I would say probably the next piece to the puzzle for this big push for horror games and stuff would be dead by daylight. I call it the dead yep. by daylight formula. Yep. Where everything copies it. Yeah. There's so many games that copy this. You have a group of four or five survivors and then you have a player controlled baddie, bad guy that tries to kill the other ones and he has complete tasks and do different things to escape. Very simple in premise, wildly popular. I mean, Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th, I would say, are basically the same game. I agree. Um, what made Dead by Daylight still, and why I think it's still going strong, is they got their thumb on the pulse of pop culture and what people are wanting as, a, as far as playable characters. Mm-hmm. You got so, there's so much content that just keeps coming out for this game. So much DLC, and it's paid DLC. Mm-hmm. The most recent one, I got it. We we haven't played it in a while. Is uh, Hellraiser, the Pinhead? Yep. Yep. And so that's they're staying fresh by keep introducing these new uh, the new killers that you can play as and all this cool new content and stuff. And the gameplay doesn't really change much. Mm-mm. Hasn't changed but much since it came out. It's still one of the most streamed games that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's all like John Wolf ever plays. Yeah. And so um, you got. A, a huge, and then you get all of the clones out there. And some of them do it well, some of them not so much. But they, that formula of, you know, you get to be the bad guy and you go try to kill your friends and vice versa is, is very appealing to a lot of people. It's a great, um, I don't want to say party game, but it's, it's a great get together with the guys and the gals mm-hmm. and the friends game to, to hang out and chill and play and talk shit on each other for the night. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a fun, Divergence from playing death matches all the time. One game that's getting ready to come out that follows this formula to a T 
is the Evil Dead game getting ready to release. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Like, I've got high hopes for this one. High, high hopes. He's I've got, got high hopes. hopes. Mm-hmm. Ash hopes. That's going to be fun. I, we'll, I got a feeling we'll play the shit out of that. Yep. Even if it's terrible, we're still going to play it because we love Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And so, so I say the next entry in our series real quick, because I don't think we can do this episode without talking about no, the the granddaddy, the recent granddaddy of indie horror games, Phasmophobia, mm-hmm. came out a year ago this month for final release. I remember playing the crap out of it in October of 2020. This game got me so excited when I saw somebody play it because it had it's it's if you guys don't know it's a um, paranormal investigation game, um, but the you know the ghost can kill you. There's a lot of strategy and things, but but what was cool is it had all the the gadgets that you could play with. Mm-hmm. And you talk about you know dead by daylight spawning clones. I would just about go out on a limb and say there's more phasmo clones than dead by daylight clones coming out. Yeah, some done really well, some not so much. Some trying to jump on the bandwagon, but phasmo definitely kicked indie horror in the butt and got it and kept it alive and kept it going. Um, it was such a different take than your dead by daylight formula Mm -hmm. um still a co-op game you could play it solo if you wanted to uh, but way more fun with friends and just the the jump scares i mean the first month i played it i i was creeped out every time i went into a mission to try to discover what this ghost was just trying to i can see that it still Mm -hmm. creeps me out it does it got really hard but inevitably somebody's going to take that formula and do it better and there's some games that are getting really close to doing it better i think i think they're on the right path they're taking what people wanted in phasmo and they're implementing it um so you know what's what's great about these indie horror games is you can rack up a pretty good collection and kill a lot of time for not a whole lot of money Not a whole lot of money at all. It's cheap and it's fun. It's fun to play with your friends. Mm-hmm. So, no, you can get those game, games pretty cheap. I mean, I hit my kind of talked over, you know, just ran a quick run through of my favorite games that I could just think of at the top of my head uh, in the spooky horror category, which was Resident Evil Code Veronica. One of the oh, first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the first Resident Evil games I ever played. Um, I think I beat it. I think it might be the only Resident Evil game besides Seven that I actually beat. Um, Fear, the Fear series, uh, particularly Fear Three, because it was co-op. You like uh, your Fear series? I liked Fear, Dead Space. We've talked about Dead Space. We've talked about Phasmo, and um, probably the creepiest game that I ever played wasn't even a game. It was PT, came out on PlayStation Four. What is it? So PT what stood for playable trailer. It was supposed to be PT turned into Death Stranding. Okay. PT okay. was supposed to be the playable really? trailer for the new Silent Hill. Okay. Um and it was just a little short. You could run through it in about 30 minutes. Okay. Some of the creepiest shit I've ever experienced in my life on in a game. Like, I got goosebumps just thinking about playing that. 
Really? And then uh, Kojima and all that kind of had their falling out. Silent Hill didn't happen. Then he got with Benicio and they made, or not Benicio, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's Del Toro? Is it? It's uh, Benicio. Or no, no. Um, Guillermo. Guillermo. And then they made uh, Death Stranding. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they've got a good track record. Yeah. So, if I remember right, the end of PT, <clears throat> if you figured out how to do the ending, and some of it was audio, like you actually had to talk into your mic for the final thing to unlock, and it took people a while to figure that out. Then you saw Norman Reedus at the end of it. Okay. Because he was supposed to be in the new Silent Hill, then they pulled that whole project, and it became Death Stranding. Okay. But then they pulled, since that got canceled, it got pulled off the PlayStation Store where you couldn't re-download it. If you still had it and still had it installed, to this day, you could still play it. My dumbass, I installed it before all this happened, and I don't know, which I don't have my PlayStation anymore anyway. I don't know how to get it back, but I'm sure there's a way to play it somewhere. I just haven't looked into it. But if I can find that in some shape or form, I'll tell you off off show because you need to play that. Okay, I want to play that now. Yeah, or at the very least, watch videos of it. Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's, yeah, so it's one of those, huh? Mm-hmm. So what are your some of your personal faves? So I think you know this one, Lunch Lady. Mm-hmm. Just because it's just fun as shit. Yeah. And it's hard, and the jump scares get you. I love that one. Um, I would say Dead of Night has worked its way up there. Mm-hmm. because that one is just it's fun and i love those old video like it had the feel of like late 80s early 90s mid 90s yeah games that's what i loved about it just nostalgic and it's just a really well done game too um i'm looking through my steam library here too the other stuff we played lately phasmo i've really enjoyed phasmo yeah i'm terrible at phasmo i fucking die all the time in phasmo but i like it um and it scares me and that's the thing i like to be scared but i hate to be scared at the same time i love you getting scared that's, i know that's you the love highlight me getting of my scared. saturday nights because <laughs> i scream at everything yeah i'm going back and make i'm gonna make the super cut of you being scared i could probably be, get, I, i've got probably at least 30 minutes of footage of you getting scared i can put that to music mm-hmm. but it I don't know. There's just a bunch of games that I really like like that. And to me, what makes them good games by themselves, some of them might be shitty. Yeah. But I like playing them with you all because it's fun having a shared shared sense of scare. Yeah. And that's that's what really makes it fun for me is that kind of stuff. I've said it several times that playing a shitty co-op game mm-hmm. with your some of your best friends laughing cutting up is one of the best experiences you'll ever have even if it's as long as the game's playable like if it's unplayable from bug, bugs or whatever that sucks but if it's playable and buggy but the mm-hmm. bugs are funny unintentionally funny like you know the developer didn't mean for it to happen but some funny crap happens like how you clip through walls or yeah. you know you die in the most random ways possible um and you get your buddies there to experience it with you or laugh at your friend when he gets scared and jumps up and sits on his nuts it's great like who does that chof because he's not here to defend himself 
but fucking chope. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that that that's you know, I'm, now I'm sitting here thinking of all these other great little indie type horror games. PlayStation had some for a while that were coming out that you could pick up and play, like Slender Man and stuff yeah. like that. But PC just has it right now. Though. PC's where it's at, and they're you know if you guys are listening and you're thinking like oh you know it's I maybe I want to get into PC gaming maybe not. Some of these games are super low spec games. Mm-hmm. I mean, hot, and if you're not, in the, if you're curious about it, hop in the Discord and somebody in there will talk you through it. You may just have a you know old Intel laptop with integrated graphics. Some of these games will run on that. I guarantee you it'll run on some of them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drop hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars on some badass gaming rig to enjoy some like of that. these. Mm-mm. And we'll you know don't be scared of it. We'll help you through it. Oh, I'll tell you another one that's at the top of my list, and I will argue this with you. Okay. Um, Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock is definitely, I think, definitely falls in the horror. Genre. I do too. I mean, it is a f- FPS. Yeah, but it's, it is a first person shooter, but it is a horror game. Like the series is a horror series. Well, the first two, the third one, not so well, much. Uh, and then, oh. um, what was the last one? Infinite. Uh, Infinite. Infinite wasn't really horror, mm-hmm. but the first two. Oh, yeah. And that but, goes back to environment and ambiance and all that stuff that we talked about. That game was just, it had this creepy vibe all the way through it, just like Dead Space. It had this creepy vibe all the way through it, where it wasn't, it wasn't jump scares or whatever. It would be this noise that you'd hear way off in the distance, and you would, or you'd hear the, what was it, Big Brother and Little Sister? Big Brother and Little Sisters, yep. You would hear the, the chitter-chatter of them going through the tubes and stuff, sometimes really far off or sometimes right beside you, and you didn't see them. And that was enough to be creepy. It doesn't always have to be jump scares and demons no. and serial killers and stuff, but it can be an underwater dystopian mm-hmm. mecha driller midget women Dot thing. That, yeah. Which we've seen videos on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's like, like I said, it's... I would say Bioshock is up there for me. Bioshock's great. Bioshock is great. I encourage everybody if if you're just looking for a series to plow through and play and enjoy and you don't know what to do, Bioshock is always one of the first ones I recommend. <coughs> Excuse me. Horror game yeah. or not, just in general, I recommend Bioshock over Skyrim, <laughs> over mm-hmm. over Fallout, and I'm a huge Fallout guy. Yeah. I recommend Bioshock, Bioshock over all those. Just just to kick into and get into a series. And one I bought for really cheap that I've always wanted to play. It's a horror game called Franbo. 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 It's very cartoony, but it's a horror game. It's creepy. It's all about like illness, mental illness too. Okay. But um, go look it up on Steam real quick. Um, Franbo, it, I've got it. It's on my list to play. It's just, there's, you know, never any time. Are you just going through Markiplier's spooky game list and no no sure? i've been wanting to play Franbo for a long time it's oh, okay that's, it. and that's kind of your style that yeah i can see it oh, that and then um that's kind of that maniac mansion day the tentacle yeah. gameplay yeah. style not mm-hmm. not visual style it's it's creepy-ish it's very creepy mm-hmm. um yeah i mean there's just like that one, I've that's been on my list to play, and I just think it looks like a lot of fun. I really want to get into the Silent Hill games. Like I said, I just played that one. 
and I can't remember the name of it. So, I'll find it right now. Yeah, Silent Hill is on the list, even though I hated them. I hated Silent Hill because they scared the shit out of me. So here's a good story. I remember oh, Silent Hill for the room. That's what it was. Oh, that one was freaky as shit. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I remember like, coming. No. no. I remember coming home from college, and one of my best friends at the time had just gotten. Silent Hill 2. Robbie the Rabbit. That's who the bunny was. Um, and I remember we were sitting there drinking beer, playing it until, you know, like at two in the morning yeah. with the lights off. And it just got to the part where you switch over to with the shadows and stuff to the other world. Mm -hmm. And this you know, there's two, no, you said? Yeah, on two. And yeah. there's no music. All you got is footsteps and sounds. And I remember getting so scared, I ran into and hid behind a couch. <laughs> like, and that's a true story. Like, I got scared. So, yeah, that was another one of mine. But I do like the Silent Hills, but I hate them. See, that I just need to go through them. And that's another one to go through and play. I don't think they're what's always deterred me with the Silent Hills and the Resident Evils and stuff. And I've told you this several times before that I'm a canon completionist. Mm -hmm. That if they're all linear and tied to each other, I'm going to want to play them in order so I don't miss anything in the story. I don't think Silent, I think Silent Hill is just all loosely tied together. I don't think there's any that are really together. I think there might be two actually. Now, no Resident Evil, there's a lot of they're all canon. tied together. Somehow. There's a lot of canon stuff that happens that I'm just so far behind on now that I wouldn't be able to catch up. But if Silent Hill's not, I mean, I still want to go back and play the room. And I may, I think that's on, that may even be on Steam. I'm going to look if it is. I bet it is. I'm going to look. Um, I may pick that up and do that. So. So we covered a lot more than I thought we would. I did too. And <laughs> we're like 30, 40 minutes tops. We'll oh, get no, we do our normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was fun though. And we didn't even get, I mean, we got a little bit there towards the end. All right. Um, so, we haven't done this in a while. What are you watching or reading this week? Watching. I am watching Squid Game on Netflix. You like it? So far. And so you far. said it was very... Um, it reminds me a lot of Battle Royale. Which is Battle Royale is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to explain Battle Royale to somebody earlier today. It might have been Trevor. He said he had never seen it. And this was, see, Battle Royale was Korean too, I believe. Japanese. Oh, it was Japanese? Mm -hmm. okay uh, but it's still like very similar um style but totally Even different squid game is um south korean yeah so it's, we don't it's get like, a whole lot of uh, north korean movies here no no but it it has that same feel to me um but so far, the story is really cool. I'm through episode six. And without spoiling anything, episode six shook me. Really? Whew. That was, yeah. I've heard from numerous people, like, to watch it all the way through with an open mind that they didn't like how it ended. They're mm -hmm. asking me, like, how do, you, how do you feel about the ending? And so I've got three episodes left. I may just plow through it tonight. Do that, and you need to watch that. Remember that 
sweet home that I was talking about that's on Netflix too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like how that we went into that because we were trying to figure out if the game we were playing was tied to the TV show that you watched. Which was tied to the movie. Which was tied to the movie. Which TV show was loosely tied to the movie, but was not tied to the game that we were playing. It was tied to the game that's in my background. Mm-hmm. Confusing as hell. Follow that? Yep, you guys got that? Boop, 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 Good. Boop. What are you watching? We started Why the Last Man. Ooh, I do want to watch that. And I would so hate to far, be that guy. Episode one, Yorick. Yeah. Episode one followed the comics pretty well. Oh, it was based on a comic, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Was it a, um, was it a by, full run or was it like a, just a short graphic novel or? Oh, no, it was a full run. Okay. It was by Brian K. Vaughn, Brian K. Vaughn, who did Runaways. Okay. Who they also made a TV show out of. Runaways is a great series. Um, he also did Saga. I've um, read some Saga. Saga's good. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish Saga because that's when I became really, really poor for a while there and couldn't afford comics. So I need to catch back up. <clears throat> um, but he did this and why it's just, it's a great series, just so well written and it, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Um, started One that. man, planet full of women. I'm death by snoo snoo does not have my snoo snoo. That's a lot of pressure to be. You're the telling guy. me. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, Even that one girl who would never give you the time would be giving you the time. Then. And the whole like, now if you were the last man on earth, you're like, you know what? Here I, I am. Those words, ma'am. Because now I am. And then it's like, mm, no, not even. Nope, nope, nope. It's like, no, come on. Come on. Nope. Uh, so we're watching that. I'm two episodes behind on Titans right now. And we started watching the new Doom Patrol season. Okay. Got the two episodes of that. And this season's really good. Now, Squid Game is the only TV I've been able to watch in a week. So. It's rough when you get older. It is when you get older and there's kids and things going on and I'm trying to get back on a good streaming schedule again. I missed a bunch of days last month. Vacation and just things. Everything else. Everything else. We're going to try to stream a little bit more during the week, but like we still got to record episodes. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow we're recording another episode. So So, that was fun. That was fun. You guys, if if you're not in the discord, I've mentioned this over and over and over again. Just click on the link below if you don't have an account create an account simple it's easy it's fun join it click the little react icon to the uh, rules um channel at the very beginning showing that you agree to the rules because we're technically a community discord server so we have to have some rules in place and that's just mm-hmm. showing that you acknowledge those rules and then you have full access to the rest of the chat or rest of the server to join in any conversation that you want to don't be a dick or we'll ban you we haven't had to ban anybody yet so don't be we the don't first have one. Anyone who's been a dick. Like yeah, everyone on the server is really cool. Yeah. Don't be the first guy or gal or whatever. Don't whatever you are. Don't, whatever. Just don't do it. We've we've done pretty well so far, but it's so much fun in there. So please join that. Get in the discussion. Hang out with us on the weekends when we're streaming. And uh, you know, give us shit in real time. Also fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or follow us on all the socials down there. Chris is doing a great job putting stuff out there for us on that. So kudos so, there. So thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. So follow us on the socials. 
I'm working at this and I need validation. Let us know we're pretty. Just let us know something. Mm -hmm. We don't expect the pretty, but something. So with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And wherever you guys are, have a great evening, morning, afternoon, night, whatever it is. And please be good to each other. See ya. Nerd rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word.